Matthew chapter 11. If you're just joining us or you're visiting, we're in a summer series called True Lies, where we take a look at things that sound true, and so we buy into them, whether we're followers of Jesus Christ or not. But we go to the source of all truth, which is Scripture, and we take a look at what God has to say about it. And oftentimes, it's calling us on a different path to life and freedom and joy. And so is going to be the case this morning. This message is for exhausted people. Exhausted people physically, mentally, spiritually, socially, relationally, financially, worn out. Exhausted, tired, running on fumes. Um, And I know I've got a ton of you out there. There's one standing in front of you. Uh, If you're not exhausted right at this minute, don't check out on me because chances are you will be soon uh, and you're going to need this truth. Um, We are a culture of consistently exhausted people. Um, So our true lie for this morning is related to that. Our true lie is I need a vacation. I need a vacation. But it's different than the true lies we've looked at because this is kind of a a fill-in-the-blank You could take vacation and put in whatever it is in your life, okay? I'd encourage you to. I just had to put something there. So this is a fill in the blank. I need a blank. Now, I want you to spend some time thinking about what that is. What is your your go-to thing when you're exhausted and worn out? You're nearing the end of your rope. I need a... That's your thing. That's what you need, okay? That's your true lie. It's customized for your use this morning. Are you making wisecracks? God bless you. All right. So get your true lie in your head, your go-to thing when you're exhausted and worn out. Could be I need a nap. I need a nap. Could be I need a Ben and Jerry's fix. I just have heard there are some people who, who operate that way. I need a shopping trip, a little retail therapy. I'm going on what... People have told me what I've experienced. I need a workout. I need 10 minutes with the shake weight. If that's you, you need more than this message. You need counseling. Um, I need a mental health day. Call in, call in sick, yeah. I need a weekend. I need a night out with the guys, a night out with the girls. I need a drink. I need a cigarette. I need to go hunting. I need to go fishing. I need to go skiing. I need to go luging. Whatever it is you do. I need to go whatever. That's your true lie. You got it? Hands up if you got it. You had enough time? What's your go-to thing? What's your go-to? Okay, you got it. Good. Now, some of the things that we talked about, some of the things we mentioned, some of the things you're thinking about are good and others are not good. The point of this message is not to go there. Okay? The point of this message is to show you that all of those things, good or bad, have one thing in common. They're insufficient. They are insufficient. They can't deliver on the promise to give you real rest, escape, peace, lasting, deep, heart level, soul level, rest, escape, that which you hunger and crave. Whether they're good or bad, they have this in common. They are insufficient and cannot, will not, ever deliver on the ultimate promise to give you the kind of rest that you need, that I need. The good news is 
that Jesus has the solution. In fact, Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the rest that you and I need. Jesus is the escape that you and I crave. But don't take my word for it. Let's look at his. Let's listen to his. Matthew 11, we're going to pick it up in verse 28. Now, for those of you who hang out in church, this is going to be a very familiar verse, but I wonder, I wonder if like me, perhaps you haven't let the truth and the beauty and the power of these words sink down to the deepest level of your heart. If so, I invite you to do so this morning. And Jesus says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Oh, you will find rest for your souls. Did you hear that? Are those not among the most beautiful and wonderful words ever that you've ever heard? That, that invitation is coming from the God of the universe to you right now. Right now. It's amazing. Take a look at it. It's an astounding invitation that if you haven't taken it, we need to take it again and again and again. And I hope we'll all enter, enter into this before we leave. But take a look at the verse, okay? Come to what? Come to... Look, I underlined all the answers. Who loves you? Okay, so be bold. Come to what? And I will give you what? For your what? Amen. That's the promise. Only Jesus can deliver on it. Only Jesus can deliver on it. Now, there's so much here. There's so much here. But, but I want you to see that when the God of the universe, God who became flesh, comes to us and says, your rest is important to you. Your rest is important then to me. And I'm going to provide it in a way that nothing else can at a soul level at a heart level at a level when you rest it's going to infect in a beautiful way your entire being your entire spirit your entire life all your thoughts all your words all your actions everything and rest is important life is like climbing mount everest every day you don't believe me don't have a child Still don't believe me? Have a daughter. I love my daughter. I do. God bless all daughters. Rest is important. If you don't rest well, you're not going to make it. The rest we need, the rest we crave at our deepest heart and soul level, the escape that we sometimes fantasize about, is found only in Jesus. He's inviting us right now and always, and it's free. It's by grace. Even the ability to enter in, to cross the line, enter into his presence, enter into his rest. It's all a gift that he earned for us on the cross. And it's indescribable. I hope we'll all, we'll all take that step. Let's look just at verse 28. Shelby, if you could do that for me. Great. Just verse 28. Okay, good. Let's look at Jesus' first three words. These are the key to finding soul rest. What does Jesus say we need to do? Say them with me. His first three words, come 
to me. Come to me. Come to me. You know, it's simple, isn't it? It's really simple. But we like to complicate the issue, don't we? Don't we love to complicate spirituality? Because that means it's deep. No. You know what deep is? Deep is taking the truths of God and actually letting them transform our hearts. Deep is letting the gospel change us. Come to me. It's very simple. It's very simple. But here's our problem. Um, Our problem is, whether we're followers of Jesus Christ or not, or we're just checking out the faith, um, we like... Okay, you're not going to like to hear this, but we like, we prefer the counterfeit more than we do the real thing. Now, here, if you're a good Christian, this is when you push back and go, oh, no, I don't. Did you just do that, like in your head? You did. Um, I would never say that. Well, I, I would never say that either. But what we say is not necessarily real. What we live, what we do, that's real. And what we do very often is look everywhere else except to come to me, come to Jesus to get the rest, the soul level, heart level, transforming rest that we crave. So that's the problem. We look to other things. What do you do regularly, habitually to get away from it all? What do you do? We mentioned a few of them. We mentioned needing a vacation. What does that look like for us in Gunnison? I need to get out of this small town. I'll even settle for Montrose or Salida. I need something with a couple of big boxes. I need to get away. I need to leave the state. I need to go to a lake. I need to go to go, go somewhere else. And maybe you do it a lot, or maybe you don't. Maybe you can't, but you live for those times when you can. Your life in between getaways is kind of the meaningless passage of time in between all too few moments when you think you're going to find rest. I need a drink. I need a drink. Look, I'm not talking about having a PBR. I'm not. But if you need a scotch when you get home from work so you can deal with your wife and your kids, something's wrong. Something's wrong. If you need to go to a party and do shots to forget about the struggles and strain of your life, Something's wrong. Shots are not a drink. Shots are anesthesia. Okay? We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. I'm not here to to preach morality. Church's message is not morality. The church's message is the gospel. But I'm looking at counterfeits. Looking at counterfeits. Maybe you need some kind of substance. A drug, something to relax you. Online. Online shopping. It's big. And we've got to shop online because, well, golly, there's only one place to buy men's underwear in Gunnison, so you're stuck. Um, not saying anything about me personally. But if you have 30 pairs of shoes and you're still wound tighter than a spring on the inside, I really doubt whether one more is really going to make the difference for you. I do. And if you are online, whether it's gaming or surfing or shopping, longer than the human body can go without water, you got a problem. And more than a few of us guys know the danger that that can lead to. 
okay? It's not doing us, doing it for us. Maybe I need to eat. I need to eat. I need to go to the fridge. Jesus says, come to me. He doesn't say come to Ben. He doesn't say come to Jerry. He doesn't say go to the fridge. I know a thing or two about which I speak. No, I'm serious. Eating for comfort? Eating for celebration? Eating for encouragement? Let me tell you something about your pastor. If he went to Jesus as often as he goes to the fridge, I'd be a different man. How about you? How about you? That's not doing it for us. How about TV? Now, TV's okay, but if you find yourself watching reruns of Hoarders Buried Alive at 1.30 a.m. on a Tuesday, if you're watching SportsCenter for the 17th time, it's not doing it for you. Exercise or recreation. If there are seasons of your year, seasons of your life, when things like work, family, parenting, church, school, paying bills, normal hygiene, take a back seat to hunting, skiing, fishing, you have a problem. It's not doing it for you. Some say make more money. That's what I would do. Make more money. If I'm stressed, if I need rest, I'm going to buy it. Really? How's that working out? We'll take a look at that later. What did you fill in your blank with? I mean, the real thing, not the, not the spiritual churchy answer, because you don't have to tell anybody. You can afford to be honest with God. And we try to keep it real here. We're all broken. We serve a perfect God who wants to perfectly bless us and make us perfect. Where are you now? Would you fill your blank in with? Right now, I want to encourage you to come face to face with your go-to thing. What is in your blank? I want you to come face to face with it and find its limitations because Jesus says, come to me because he has no limitations. That's what we crave. Jesus is saying, come to me and I will give you rest. And we tend to look everywhere else for it. We're like a patient who goes to the cardiologist because we're having heart problems and we get diagnosed with congestive heart failure. Now, congestive heart failure will do a lot of things to you. It will affect everything, everything you feel, every body part. So your doctor, your cardiologist says, your heart needs to rest. Your heart needs to rest. And you go home and say, this is something that's affecting everything I do. So on Monday, you go to work and you're wearing one of those creepy turtleneck uh, whiplash braces, right? And then Tuesday, you decide to switch it up and you wear a sling on your right arm. Wednesday, you go out and you're wearing one of those very fashionable surgical boots on your left foot. And Thursday, you wake up and you feel no better. And you're puzzled. And so you call your doctor and you explain to him or her all the things that you've done to try to give your heart rest and and how puzzled you are that here it is Thursday, you see no improvement, and your doctor calls you an idiot. Right? Because, because your problem is not your neck or your arm or your foot, although they are affected by your heart. The problem is your heart. 
And as ridiculous as that sounds, that is exactly what you and I do when we look to counterfeits to treat the symptoms of rest and not Jesus to give us soul rest. Come to me, he says, come to me. So what are the dangers? You may say, you know, okay, so, so it's a substitute. It's, it's not the worst thing. What are, what are the dangers? What's the problem? I mean, nobody's getting hurt here in most cases, right? Well, don't be so sure. Don't be so sure. Here are some of the problems with using substitutes, with using Jesus substitutes, Jesus counterfeits to find rest. Number one, when we use something other than Jesus to do what only Jesus can do for us, it becomes a Jesus substitute, and the Bible calls Jesus substitutes idols. Idols. Here's something that you may not realize, but what you allow your soul to rest in, you worship. We worship that in which we allow our soul to rest in. That's a problem. That's a problem. We get, number two, we get caught in the accumulation cycle. What I mean by that is accumulate more things or accumulate more experiences. And at the root of that is the conviction that what I need is more of the thing that has never satisfied me in the past or something slightly different or more of the same. It's not doing it for you, but I still think it might if I get more. It's not doing it for you, but if I do it more often, it just might. And so we spend and we go and we seek and we plan. Is there any wonder that the Bible says that it's very difficult for a rich person to enter into the kingdom? I mean, people with money, people with expendable money can always buy cooler and newer and more gadgets, more experiences. You can go hella skiing, you can go cliff diving, you can go this, you can go that. There's nothing wrong with these things. But it's when we seek them for the rest that only Jesus can provide. Well, we cheapen the thing and we cheapen Jesus. You see, you can't even enjoy them in the way they were created for you to enjoy. Because you're putting a weight on them that they can never deliver. People with money can always find more things, more gadgets. King Solomon was richer than Bill Gates. Made Bill, made Bill Gates look like a pauper. He had everything, did everything. And what did he say in the Bible? Vanity, vanity. All is vanity. Purposeless. Pointless. It's all pointless. Do you realize that it was the mercy of God that let the prodigal son run out of cash? And come running home? To come home running to the rest that he could not find in all the things he fantasized about, all the experiences he bought, all the things that he did. It was the mercy of God that let him run out of cash. Here's a bold and beautiful prayer that I challenge you to pray. I challenge you to pray. Ask Jesus. Say, Jesus, in your mercy, let me run out of whatever I am using for rest other than you. Jesus, strip from me. Let me run out of whatever I am counting on for soul 
for us other than you. Number four, substitutes are anesthesia. Problem with anesthesia is it wears off, and when it does, ow, right? Ask my friend Jim Wilk. That's his, he's like the guru of anesthesia. It's a beautiful thing, but anesthesia doesn't cure you. It just masks the pain. And it can make you do things, if it's still going on, that will hurt you even more when it wears off. Jesus' peace, Jesus' rest is, um, is healing. Number four, our substitutes treat the surface and not the root. The reason we're still exhausted after all these things, after a counterfeit, is that we never treat the deep cause, just symptoms. Jesus' rest goes to a soul level. So what's so good about come to me? What's so good about Jesus' rest? What's so good about it that we ought to sprint? We ought to go there first, second, and always, repeatedly throughout the day, throughout our lives, to come and get that abiding soul level rest that he promises. One is it's complete. It is complete rest. You know, we often think of rest as what our body is doing, Right? whether we're in a, in a lounge chair or whether we're running or working or real rest, real true rest, is what your heart is doing. Because you all know the experience of being physically at rest and bound up in knots in your heart. Do you not? And you know that you can work feverishly, whether it's at work or a hobby or service, and have the most peaceful rest in your heart and joy. True, complete rest is what your heart is doing, not what your body is doing. Number two, it is free. It is by grace. It is earned for us by his death and resurrection. How much time, how much money have we wasted seeking rest, seeking counterfeits that he won for us? The true rest. How much? The beauty of Jesus' rest, it has no expiration date. No expiration date. You know, have you ever gone on a vacation, one that you've been really looking forward to, and you get to a point in the vacation, and you do the math in your head, I'm one-third done with my vacation, I have two-thirds left. Am I the only psycho in the building? Have you done it? Yeah, you have. I'm half done, I still have half, and then my life has to start again. Right? Why? Because everything, every counterfeit comes to an end. In fact, there's another true lie. All good things come to an end, right? Wrong. The best things never come to an end. Jesus' rest has no expiration date. You don't have to go, I have to have one-third of Jesus' rest and then two-thirds, and then real life again. No, that is real life, and you never have to return from it. It is supposed to carry us through every moment of every day. And if you're anything like me, you're always going out of it, right? You need to continue to return, continue to hear his call to you. Come to me, come to me, come to me. And keep saying, I'm coming, I'm coming. Oh, the rest. Thank you. I'll never leave it. It's so good. Let me get distracted. Let me come back. 
Sanctification means that we will become perfect. We'll leave less often, and when we do, we'll go less far until we can get to the point where he can seduce our hearts so much that we never want to leave his rest. Until then, keep saying, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming home. I need rest that only you can give. We mistake rest as a temporary place. Do you know resting is where you stay? Resting is where you stay. This is where I rest. This is where I rest. Rest in the midst of work is possible. Rest in the midst of physical exhaustion is possible. It's promised. It's what's needed. So why does Jesus say, come to me? We've seen the limitations of our counterfeits. We've seen the beauty. Why does Jesus say, come to me? Come to me and I will give you rest. Rest that I earned for you. Why did he say? Because he created you. He's the source of all peace and rest and joy and freedom and true relaxation on a soul, heart level. We agree that's what we need, right? And he created us not only in body, but he created our souls to rest in him. It was kind of a lure. He created our souls to find rest only in God. You remember that old song? Only in God shall my soul be at rest. From him comes my hope and salvation. Only in Jesus can your soul be at rest. Only there. And all the other times it shall be restless. That's that word, restless. It's jumping around. It's looking for a place to land. It's looking for a place to be held. It's looking for a place that it can be home. Restless. You have a restless soul. Jesus said, you will until you come to me and I will give you rest. Not if you do this, that, or the other thing. Come to me. That's it. Like you are. Bound up, coiled tighter than a spring. Even, sometimes especially, you long-time Christians, really? I mean, we can get so wound up. Wound up. Obedience in the world and Democrats. Come to me. Come to me. You worried about the debt ceiling? Come to me. What about your health? Come to me. Are you burdened by circumstances? Come to me. Finances? Come to me. Work? Come to me. The future? We get bound up about the past, the present, the future. Jesus' rest covers it all. Covers it all. And it's available to you, to me, right now and forevermore. Number three, it's because he's sovereign. He's in control. Jesus is the only one you can trust when he says, come to me and I will give you rest. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I can give you the rest to know that regardless of what's swirling around you, I'm in control. And I have you. I have you. Being married has taught me a lot of things. Um, let, me, let me change that. Shri has taught me a lot of things about being married. She says, sometimes when I'm crying, I just need you to hold me and tell me everything's going to be okay. 
I don't need a solution. I just need to know everything's going to be okay. When I say that, it's just a cheap imitation of Jesus because I can't make everything okay. He can. And he's saying that to you. And whether or not you're a guy and you're tough, you need what she described. Your soul needs somebody to hold it and say, be at rest. I'm in control. I'm sovereign. Everything's going to be okay. Die Hard was on TV last night. It's a great movie. (laughs) High body count, lots of things exploding. You know, and I like it because Bruce Willis and I have a few things in common. We were both cool once. Um, (laughs) But you know, I don't watch that movie the same way I did the first time I saw it. Why? Because I know when he ties that, you know, the hose around him and jumps off the... He's going to win. He's going to win. So I was laughing. I'm watching him laughing, eating this huge bowl of, of watermelon. Seedless, but they were lying. It still had some, really. Do you live like your life like you haven't seen the movie? You win in Christ. He has it in control. The end is determined. When you step over the line, you're in his rest. You're set for eternity. What are you, bankruptcy? Bring it. Marital problems? Bring it. Health problems? Bring it. Addictions? Bring it. I got Jesus. And in him, we have the victory today and forever. Jesus' presence throughout the New Testament. God's presence throughout the Old Testament. And the pre-incarnate Jesus. But we're getting into something else. God's presence is always connected to God's rest. When the Israelites had rest, it was because of God's presence. He says, come to me so that you can know the nearness of me, my presence in your life, my presence around your life. If you're a believer, my presence within your life, because where my presence is, my rest is. My peace, my provision. That's where it is. That's what it's about. Presence and rest of God are connected throughout Scripture. Why does Jesus say, come to me? Because of the gospel. Because he came and lived the life to chin the bar that we could not chin, the bar of God's law. He lived it perfectly and died horrifically. And when he went to the cross, he not only bore our sins on his body, he not only took all of that, he took all of our worry, all our anxiety, all our angst, all our concern, all our everything. It weighed on him and he paid for it and he rose again to set us free. And I'm going to go through life all balled up when Jesus says, I won for you rest. Soul level rest. Worry free rest. Anxiety free rest. Come to me. Yeah, I will. So long as I exhaust all the other possibilities. 
I will, but I don't think it's better than Hell's Scheme. I will, but I'd sure like to get a buzz on. Really? How do we do it? How do we do it? We come to Jesus. And we renounce and turn away from our counterfeits. I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm not saying you can't go on. I'm not saying you can't have a social... I'm not saying that. Just stop looking to do these things. Use these things for what God said I am the only source for. Can you remember when you were a kid before you had to get summer jobs? Can you remember stepping off the bus the first day, the last day of school? It's the first day of summer vacation and the world is spread out before you. You left all your anxieties, all the pressure, if you had a good home, on the bus. And the summer was your oyster. Right? That was a commercial for what the life of the Christian is to be. I have this responsibility, I have that. No, you don't. It's his. And in the midst of that, he's going to give you rest. If you will do one thing, come to me. Jesus says, come to me. We're going to close. Come to Jesus, experience the presence, the nearness, the love the sovereignty. He's got it all in control. Everything's going to be all right. Sure, he wants that. But he's, she's speaking for the hearts of all of us. We all need that. Only in God shall my soul be at rest. Rest in him. And I want to point out that this rest is reserved to those who belong to him. Who belong to him. And you say, well, I'm not really sure I do What's keeping you away? Are you so infatuated with the substitutes trying to find life and freedom and joy and rest in things that only Jesus can deliver? The one who gave his body and his blood for you will give you his peace and his rest. We're going to celebrate that in a minute. The answer to that is the same as finding rest. Come to me. Come to Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior. Renounce all the substitutes that you tried to populate your life with and know that only in Him can we find forgiveness and freedom and joy. This is not simply a message for those outside of the faith. Because the tragedy is those who already know Jesus as Lord and Savior so often Go back and try to find rest in things other than Him. This is a call on my life. This is a call on your life. And the invitation is beautiful. There's life. I told you this was a fill-in-the-blank true lie, and it is because you did. You said, I need a blank, right? Right? Here's the next fill in the blank. 
come to me. I want you to put your name there. I want you to put your name in the blank and I will give you rest. I want you to say that. I want you to hear that. I want you to hear Jesus' voice calling to your heart. Come to me, Eric, and I will give you rest. Come to me, Amanda, and I will give you rest. Come to me, Cole, and I will give you rest. Hear his voice. It is for you. It's not speaking. It's not Tom. This is God's word to you and to me. You got an invitation. It's time to RSVP. If you're exhausted in a way that nothing else can quite do it, you're in the right place because He can and He will. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Well, when we do, you see, we still have this red line from last week where we said, Jesus is the God who justifies the ungodly. You remember that? So many people responded. It was, it was touching. It was wonderful. As you come to receive and celebrate, I'd ask you to pause. Just pause at the line. And imagine that line to be the line between trying to find rest outside of Jesus and stepping over and finding rest in Him. In Him. And in Him alone.